Good morning, Idaho. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the first episode of the Yokel Idaho Midweek Report, where we give you guys a quick overview of the news in Idaho for the last week. Today, we'll be talking about Kellogg's high school innovative method to keep their kids warm, Bonneville welcoming new magistrate judge, a recounting for a bond vote in Caldwell, a fire at the Walmart in Boise, the end of the Eagle Merrill runoff, Nampa's growth, and so much more. If you find this content useful or enjoyable, please share it with a friend, as this is the best way for us to reach new people with this information. With any further ado, let's get into our first stories here. Starting off with Kellogg High School's Unique Toss, a community effort to keep kids warm. This comes by the Shoshone News Press by Josh McDonald. Loyi Sawyer, the Kellogg High School's cheerleader coach, is known for her community spirit and advocacy. Now she is combining her passion for community involvement and school spirit in a unique way. Inspired by a commercial for a teddy bear toss at a hockey game, Sawyer has come up with a similar idea to help children in Shoshone County stay warm this winter. On December 14th, during a basketball game between Kellogg High School and Wallace High School, Sawyer is encouraging attendees to bring new coats, hats, gloves, socks, boots, sweaters, sweats, and blankets to donate. The aim is to ensure that no child in Shoshone County has to endure the cold winter months without adequate clothing. The game, which also draws a large crowd, provides the perfect setting for the community-wide event. At halftime, attendees will be invited to toss their donated items from the bleachers onto the basketball court. Cheerleaders and basketball players will then gather up all the donations. Sawyer, who has been involved in the school district for many years, is well aware of the need for these items among school-aged children. She hopes that the event can become an annual tradition for the high school to play each year. The basketball game will take place at Andrews Gymnasium at 7 p.m. on Thursday, December 14th. So moving from the classroom to the courtroom, Bonneville County welcomes new magistrate judges. This comes from East Idaho News by staff. The 7th Judicial District Magistrate Commission has announced the appointment of two new Bonneville County magistrate judges. John C. Dewey and Tanya Rawlings have been selected to fill the positions being vacated by the Honorable Stephen A. Gardner and the Honorable Michelle R. Mallard. John C. Deward, currently serving as the City of Idaho Falls prosecutor, brings a wealth of experience to his new role. His previous positions include Chief Deputy Prosecutor for Bonneville County and Legal Counsel for Bingham County. Dewey also served as a law clerk staff attorney for the Honorable Jonathan Brody, District Judge in the 5th Judicial District in the State of Idaho. Tanya Rawlings, the Chief Deputy Prospecting Attorney for Fremont County since 2021, also boasts an impressive legal career. Prior to her current role, she served as the Senior Deputy Public Defender for Bannock County for over 15 years. Rawlings is also a member of the Idaho Woman Lawyers Association. The Magistrate Commission Chairman, Administrative District Judge Dane Watkins, Jr., expressed confidence in the new appointees, stating that the people of Bonneville County and the 7th Judicial District will be well served by them. Upon appointment, both magistrates will serve an 18-month probationary period, after which they will stand for retention election. 
And keeping with the topic of votes and political things, recount requested for Caldwell's fire bond vote. This comes by KTVB7 by Idaho Press Staff. Canyon County is set to conduct a recount of the city's Caldwell fire bond vote following an incredibly close outcome. The recount is scheduled to take place at the Canyon County Elections Office, according to Joe Decker, a spokesperson for the county. In Idaho, bonds require a 66.67% in favor vote to pass. The Caldwell fire bond narrowly met this threshold, receiving 66.74% votes in favor. That's 2,902 votes with 33.26% of voters, which is 1,446 votes, voting against the measure. The outcome was so close that if the bond had received just four fewer votes in favor, it would not have passed. Given the difference between the yes and no votes is less than 0.1% of the total votes, any citizen can request a recount for free. Nicole Highland, a candidate for the Caldwell School Board who lost the race for the board's fourth seat in November, is listed as the applicant requesting the fire bond recount. The fire bond valued at $17 million would allow for the rebuilding of Station 1 and a new Station 4. The cost to homeowners is expected to be approximately $3 per month, assuming a medium home value of $374,000 and a primary residence homeowner's exemption. And kind of, I didn't plan this at all, but related to fire, fire breaks out at the West Overland Road Walmart. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. The Boise Fire Department is currently investigating the cause of a structural fire that broke out at the Walmart on West Overland Road last Thursday evening, December 7th. According to news releases from BFD, firefighters responded to the incident around 5.30 p.m. Thanks to early warnings from smoke detectors, people had already begun to evacuate the smoke-filled building by the time firefighters arrived. The active fire was located in the back corner of the building. Firefighters successfully extinguished the fire and confirmed that no one was left inside the building. Fortunately, there were no reported injuries. The fire caused damage to the back corner of the building while the entire store suffered from smoke and water damage. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. A spokesperson for the Boise Fire Department confirmed that the store remains closed for the time being. So then back to voting. Brad Pike triumphs in Eagle mayoral runoff. This comes by the Boise Dev by Margaret Carmel. Eagle City Council President Brad Pike has emerged victorious in the Eagle mayoral runoff, defeating incumbent Mayor Jason Pierce by over 1,000 votes. The runoff was necessitated after a closely contested four-way race in the November general election, where Pierce narrowly won. However, the final decision came down to the two top vote-getters, Pike and Pierce. Pike's victory was marked by a significant margin, securing 5,444 votes, which accounted for 55.2% of the total vote, compared to Pierce's 4,427 votes. Voter turnout was slightly lower than the November election, with 41.8% of Eagle's 23,610 voters participating. The announcement of Pike's victory was met with a wave of emotion in his crowded living room. Amidst the cheers and tears of his campaign volunteers, Pike raised his fists in triumph, expressing gratitude to Jesus Christ, his campaign team, and his family. He emphasized the importance of community involvement in the election and the need for unity moving forward. However, Pike's journey ahead is not without challenges. He will be leading the city of Eagle with a city council that has actively supported Pierce. To pass budget, approve contracts, or modify Pierce's policies, Pike will need their votes. 
Pierce, on the other hand, could not be reached for comment after the announcement of Pike's win. Earlier in the night, he had praised the incoming city's council and urged the public to stay informed and involved in local politics. And speaking of town matters, Nampa's growth continues with Lakeview neighborhood development. This comes by the Boise Dev by Autumn Robertsons. Nampa's rapid growth continues with the introduction of Flex Spaces Lakeview Neighborhood, a large-scale subdivision set to be reviewed by the Nampa Planning and Zoning Commission on December 12th. Located on 57 acres at the northwest corner of Iowa Avenue and Midway, development will feature 156 single-family homes with lot sizes ranging from 8,505 to 16,985 square feet. The Lakeview neighborhood is designed to accommodate various housing plans and residential styles, offering a diverse range of lot sizes. Surrounded by other large single-family subdivisions, a golf course, and retail developments along the 12th Avenue. The neighborhood is also conveniently located near the Lake Lowell and Deer Flat National Wildlife Refuge. The residents of Lakeview neighborhood will have access to numerous recreational opportunities, including hiking, walking, bike paths, fishing, boating, kayaking, and bird watching at Lake Lowell, among other things. Additionally, the Red Hawk Golf Course, a 18-hole championship facility, is situated just southeast of the property. The development itself will boast 8.8 acres of open space, two dog parks, and a park with a playground and sports court. With two points of access marked by the monuments, the main entrance will be on Midway and the other on Iowa. As the Nampa Planning and Zoning Commission prepares to review the Lakeview rezoning, annexation, and preliminary planning application, this new large-scale subdivision promises to bring a wealth of amenities and features to the growing Nampa community. Now, speaking of money being spent on things that need to be built, Idaho's water infrastructure gets a $331,741 lift. It's because by KTVB7 by staff, the Idaho Department of Environmental Quality has announced a grant to award $331,741. This funding made possible under Governor Brad Little's leading Idaho plan will be distributed among nine drinking water and water systems across Idaho. Governor Little emphasized the importance of these systems to Idaho's residents and economy, stating, quote, Families, farmers, ranchers, and all Idaho residents rely on clean, efficient water and water systems. These systems are not only a crucial part of our life, but our economy as well, end quote. The grant will cover 50% of the necessary funding for each water system to conduct a drinking water planning study and environmental review. This will help evaluate the current drinking water system and identify needed improvements. Among the recipients of funding is the city of Buell, Filler, Franklin, the city of Iona, King Hill Domestic Water and Sewer Association, Meadow Creek Property Owners Association, city of Spirit Lake, Trout Creek Water Association, and Woodland Shores and Sewer Association. This initiative is a step towards ensuring Idaho residents, especially those in rural communities, can depend on their water and wastewater infrastructure for generations to come. And a story that is similar to ones we've talked about in the past, Idaho's cyber attacks concerns rise. This comes from the East Idaho News by Logan Ramsey. Over the last seven months, as some of you may have noticed, at least four cyber attacks have been launched against major Idaho organizations. Three have been against hospitals and one against the Idaho National Laboratory. The culprits may not even realize they're attacking targets in the Gem State, according to Kurt Peipel the Federal Bureau of Investigation cyber agent for Idaho. Cyber criminals are often located overseas in countries where it's hard for the United States to extradite them. 
These criminals often communicate with each other through encrypted messaging. They are organized, interconnected, and often motivated by financial gain, either through ransom demands or selling the information they gather. Two recent ransomware attacks have targeted Ardent Health Systems, the parent company of Pont Neuf Medical Center in Pocatello, and Madison Memorial Hospital in Rexbury. In both cases, the hackers accessed the network and encrypted data, demanding a ransom for its release. While it may seem overwhelming, there are measures that can be taken to protect against cybercriminals. For organizations, it's crucial to have backups of their data and to shut down affected systems to prevent further access. For individuals, keeping systems up to date, installing strong antivirus software, and using strong, unique passwords can help. And speaking of issues and kind of leaning into money stuff, Idaho's Luma system, a $23 million mistake. This comes by the Idaho Freedom Foundation by Nicholas Kenworth. In a recent internal communication within the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, it was revealed that the department mistakenly double-paid over $32 million in welfare benefits and failed to issue other payments entirely during November. This error is contributed to the challenges faced in implementing the LUMA system, Idaho's new integrated state finance and accounting system. Over 30,000 transactions from November 26 were erroneously duplicated and reissued the following day. The overpayments include a significant amount to Medicare pharmacies, Medicaid base, energy assistance, foster care, child support, child care, and unspecified programs. Meanwhile, payments to other beneficiaries, including foster parents and Medicaid providers, were missed entirely due to transactions being stuck in the system queue. IDHW has noted that both issues are being corrected within the state's controller's office and the treasury's office. However, the incident is just the latest in a string of issues that Idaho is facing with its new financial management system, which cost taxpayers more than $100 million over seven years it took to implement. Thank you for listening to the entire podcast. I sincerely hope you found it enjoyable and valuable. Please share this podcast around so we can grow it and more people can find out about the wonderful different things going on in Idaho. If we missed any important points or provided incorrect information, please feel free to reach out to us via email at localyokelidaho2022 at gmail.com or on Twitter by tweeting us at localyokelidaho. With the small team we have here, we're not able to cover everything, but we do our best to cover the most interesting and important stories. Thank you for your continued support and assistance. That's all for now. And I wish you a fantastic rest of your week. Godspeed.